everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Get Into the Fat Cash Flow Game with KK. I can barely say that it's Get In the, the Cash, cash flow, flow Game with KK. Yes, Get In the Game of Cash Flow. As you can see, I don't make a living by writing or speaking because if I did, I'd be living in a van down by under the river. Anyways, this is episode 119. We're crushing it. We're moving along. I'm excited for 2021 because we kind of just like, we did a bunch of podcasting and now we're back at it. We're getting some cool guests on and I know we're really having fun with it again. And one thing I will mention to you guys is I'm just thinking about this right now, like Crystal's sitting here going, oh, here we go on one of your tangents. But it's, it's sometimes in life, in business, you could be doing something and sometimes it loses its buzz, its fuzz, its whatever. Um, it's okay because sometimes you take a step back and you recalibrate and you take 10 steps forward. So a lot of people with podcasts, I'm speaking about podcasts, they might start one, they do 10 episodes and it's like, this thing sucks, it doesn't work. It's, it's sometimes just what it is. So anyways, I'm really glad because like we've taken a step back. We actually moved our podcast around in our office because we're growing here with our businesses. And if you guys could see on camera, what you should be watching, we have like badass artwork all over. Even a lady came in and she's like, whoa, what'd you guys do to your office? I was like, I don't know. I think somebody came in and tagged it. It's so weird. But anyways, I just think sometimes you do need to take a step back to take a couple steps forward. But uh, Crystal, who do we have on today and what are we going to be talking about? Thank you for that, that tangent uh, first off on the podcast and it is true though, right? Don't you agree though? Like, uh, yeah, I think you have to create your own momentum sometimes though too. So like maybe you need to take a break, but then you also have to build momentum for whatever it is that you're trying to do because, uh, and also momentum is not enough to get you through. You got to have a strategy and a plan and all of that. So it's like, if, if you're kind of like losing the luster of whatever it is that you're doing, you have to step back, make a plan, and then just start taking steps and that will build the momentum back up and get you excited. Uh, so, I mean, that's essentially what we've done and what we continue to do, but every single successful person, I want to say struggles with procrastination or not feeling inspired. And we all go through those phases and those periods in life. Um, especially if you have families and jobs and other things, you're trying to juggle all these different things. I mean, eventually you're going to feel a little bit of burnout. You need to recharge the batteries, reassess, and then move forward. Hell, I mean, Crystal had two kids back to back. I did. I was basically pregnant for three years. So. But she's back, ladies and gentlemen. She is officially back she's on it she's ready to go she's ready to build she's ready to hustle monty even knew monty didn't even really know like the crystal that i was always saying about because when you met her she had the kid right monty i had the said, kid i had the kid well she was a kid inside or she had the kid she had the kid that kid was harlow two weeks old when we met you yeah. holy smokes but no i'm saying is it's like monty even sees it like whoa this is a different crystal so it's exciting for all of us. So Crystal, welcome back. Thank you so much. <laughs> so much. Uh, but today we have uh, Gabe Sherman and he is at a company called Arise. And we had them on the show because they specialize in the smart technology space for residential, I should say, because you could do it in a home or you could do it in apartments. You can do it in large buildings, small buildings. I would, I, I will say that I think a lot of the smart technology that they have can easily fit in the luxury category. Um, but there are some things even for me that I would consider doing to our building. So, um, 
they are pretty tech-based. They're pretty new, actually. So they started in 2016, but they have a bunch of other products that they have created and that are worldwide. It's not just U.S.-based. It's crazy. Um, so we're a bunch of really smart people. The thing that I love about the smart, te- the smart technology is that they have multiple technologies and they all communicate together and you can control them all from one app. So like, for example, we have the Ring app. We have Google Home. Um, we have we another have, different camera outside. Yeah. So the thing is, is that I have to go onto the Ring app if somebody's ringing the doorbell and do that. And then all the settings are separate for that. And then you go onto the Google Home app and you, you know, take care of your Google stuff. And even though Google bought Nest, we have the Nest cameras. And now I have to go to the Nest cam to control my thermostat. And Basically, it sounds like a pain in the ass. So you have to have three different apps to control your home. This so is really cool. It's all under one umbrella. All under one. And the other cool thing is they actually make all the products awesome. in-house, which I was like, that's a game changer. Because one of the questions I had was, what do you do then if the lock breaks? Oh, by the way, we're not going to give you that answer because you have to listen. Ooh, I slid that one in there. That was good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So yeah, one of the things they do have are the smart locks. Um, the coolest thing for me is that you don't have to have Wi-Fi for those, but they also have um, the water detectors so they can detect leaks. It will tell you about the leaks right away, which obviously, especially in Southern California, I would say, but I mean, really any property, but since our properties are all old and we have a lot of plumbing issues because the plumbing is usually old, um, that can cost you a lot of money too. So that affects your bottom line. You have these smart leak detectors. It tells you right away when you have a leak. Um, they also have security. So they have motion sensor, uh, motion sensors that you can install around the property to keep unwanted visitors out of there. Um, and then just keep track of what's going on around the property. Uh, they also have entry sensors for the actual units, like around the windows and doors that they do. And the cool thing is, is even the tenant can customize it and control it, uh, from an app. Uh, so that's really awesome. They can give different codes for their guests or people to drop you off. Can packages, do it. It's crazy. Codes. Like if you have a cleaner that comes or somebody needs to come in to check the unit or something, you can let them in. And I think also I, I might have this wrong is within the community, you might be able to communicate within your community about things pop. Like you get alerts. Like if somebody, something happened in one of the units, I think everybody gets alert, like somebody broke in or something. I might be wrong, but that I'm guessing because like within a community, if you're in a 500 yes. apartment building, it's communicating and letting them like, yes. if something happens, the front desk, the handyman, all this. Like, and the cool thing is if you own multiple properties, if you're a property manager or you're a direct owner and you own multiple properties, you can control all of your properties from one dashboard. So you don't need a bunch of different right. logins. It's, it's like truly set up for uh, owners who own multiple properties and tons of units. So I think that's, um, I think you mentioned really single cool. family homes are really good. Yeah. Right? So if you own like 50 single family homes and you want to add these technologies in there, you can actually control all 50 homes from the one dashboard and kind of check everything and customize it individually, customize it grouped. Like there's just a lot of customization that you can do. Um, it's cool that the tenants can have it. And I think you can uh, definitely charge a little more. You can either pass the cost on to the tenant or you can pay for it. Uh, and then maybe you can get, you know, increased rent through some of these smart technologies, because let's face it, I mean, in, in the world that we live in, everybody is all about convenience. And also, I think once you get something like a Nest, for example, just even the Nest thermostat, like, seems so archaic to go back to, like, the little thermostat that you buy, even well, the digital what ones. You, what, you just, can, what, what you can do with it. Yeah. And really, guys, why we had Gabe on and talked about this company, it's the Amazon effect. And if you guys don't know why Amazon's so successful... Amazon saving two things. 
It saves time and time means you're saving money. So with this is with all the smart technologies, if you're trying to manage, like Crystal said, if you have, if you, if you're an owner and you have 15 different buildings and you can queue that, you know, under one platform, but also if you have a leak and you catch it right away, I mean, if anybody owns property, you've had a leak, that could be $5,000 in damage. If you can catch it right when the leak starts, you could potentially, it could be a $50 fix. So that is time. The other thing is, is like he said, is one of the biggest factors um, that we didn't really know is that uh, in the C&D properties that the uh, people losing their key is like a monumental time and money sucker for management. And he was saying, so now if you have the codes on the door. Well, I knew that because I had, no, we did property no, management and the keys were always a mess. Like people time, were losing keys, taking and keys. And they love to call you out at uh, midnight when they got home from the bar too. And that's a lovely conversation when they're sober. Yeah. So anyway, um, check out the podcast. I think that there's a lot of really cool information here. Definitely some things that you should think about, about adding value to, for your tenants, adding value for your properties, making the uh, tenant experience a much more enjoyable one. Um, and also kind of separating yourself from the rest. Um, even though you don't have to get all these technologies. In fact, we don't even recommend that you do that right away, but maybe implement a couple at your properties. Like for me, for example, on our C property, I would definitely look at the smart locks because that's just one thing that would save us a lot of keys and locks and all that kind of stuff. Um, but then also the, the, the leak detector, I think those are like two no brainers to consider having in your property, whether it's luxury or not. So anyways, uh, continue on, listen to the podcast. And don't forget, if you like this episode, please do leave us a review, subscribe, and then share it with everyone you know. And we're going to jump right in with Gabe now. Awesome. All right, Gabe, thanks for coming on today. Um, I know that you work in the kind of apartment technology sector, which I find, I find it be so interesting because I feel like, uh, well, at least property management kind of technology seems like it's been coming a long way, but the rest of our industry is pretty archaic. Uh, but it sounds like you've got some super exciting, uh, ways to kind of make owning an apartment building or at least managing it. If you're not operating, uh, a lot easier and, uh, there's definitely some cost savings to be had there. So can you tell us a little bit about the technology and the company and how you guys got into this? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me again. Here and Gabe So the company's based out of Anaheim, California. I've uh, been around since 2016. We have, um, I think it's something like 50 unique products across 37 countries. Uh, our <clears throat> to start, I guess, is to define the concept Internet of Things, right? IoT. What is this exactly? Everybody hears that. It's more of a buzz term. So it's any type of device that you might have that used to be just regular and now is connected to the internet and able to communicate with some type of software that then projects that information back to whether it's the residents or it's the property management company or whoever it may be. We take those devices and we aggregate that information across several different units, properties, and portfolios, and now it becomes extremely viable and valuable information for uh, your property management companies. And that's that's basically the gist of it without jumping, you know, too deep in. That's, I never even really thought about the data aspect of it. That must be so interesting to be able to gather data. Uh, that alone makes it, like, really powerful. Yeah, I mean, imagine you have a, a leak, potentially, right? Water damage is one of the biggest challenges that people deal with. Um, and, and that could happen without knowledge for 
an hour a day a month, depending on occupancy or if you're trying to rent that unit out, and then scale that across several properties and, and portfolios. And now you're in, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of potential damage. Whereas you can just stick a device in that, you know, habitual problematic area, whether it's the water heater or um, under the sink or by the toilet, wherever all those challenges happen. And then you get a notification immediately on a dashboard or an email that says, hey, you know, you have a, an issue. Yeah, I think when we were managing property, I came across your company because I was telling Crystal about it. But I think um, a lot of people are just, you know, unfortunately in the multifamily space, a lot of people are just, you know, mom and pa, they just don't get it yet. They're like, ah, I just get the call or this. And I, but I think if you're managing on a larger scale, it makes sense. So my question for you is, who is your typical customer like right now and who you guys are working with? So I, I think that, um, as you guys hinted to in the beginning, it definitely takes off uh, on a larger scale faster because they have more money there. But honestly, it benefits the smaller companies potentially more because that's where everything usually staggers and, and takes so long to get to. So then what happens is their you know, properties become less marketable and they're not able to retain residents as well because there's some other more appealing property out there. So. Definitely, where it maybe as an industry with let's say twenty three million units in the in the U.S. nationwide, a five percent maybe penetration rate, and and that's all those big companies that you hear about, Graystar, the five hundred thousand unit, you know, uh, massive conglomerates. And then when you boil it back, yeah, I, I think that we're starting to get into that. I mean, we've got. Uh, I want to say maybe a dozen or so uh, opportunities on the table right now that are 30 units, 60 units, stuff like that. So it's across the board. It's definitely across the board. Well, I definitely think that regardless of the size of the building, that some of the things, maybe not all of them, um, because the first thing that came to my mind when I was looking at some of the stuff is maybe you do that certain products are for more luxury properties, let's say, like some of the security and, you know, some of the other things that you have, but as far as like leak detection, I'm like, why wouldn't every property need that regardless of quality or class or tenant, you know, type. Um, so it seems like that's something that everybody would need. I mean, I would certainly be interested in it for our apartments too. I mean, I think that's something that's huge because you're right. Like, especially in a place too, like, uh, San Diego, where most of our buildings are like, 60s, 70s, built maybe 50s, some, some even older, where plumbing is like one of the biggest line items for maintenance and repair for us. Like plumbing is just like baked in there. It's just, you know that you're going to have a lot of plumbing. Uh, so this could help reduce water costs and also just help you identify at least some of the small stuff a lot more quickly. But to um, clarify the part of the market, so class A and class B absolutely are the first to market with the product. Right, but it's interesting because I had a conversation today with a, a tax credit property, and as you know, that's probably more of a class D property. Well, it's it's a paradox because the the luxury properties don't experience these issues such as leaks uh, nearly as much as the uh, class D and class C properties because of the demographics that they service, and then just the sheer. Uh, capacity of labor and, and you know, um, people that they have on staff to attend to the issues that they have, right? So uh, we talked about leak detectors. How about um, locks, smart locks, for example? Lockouts are 
tenfold at a class D and class C property versus a class A or a class B property, right? So that paradox or the, the, the swing of the pendulum really goes more towards convenience and luxury at the top and then like just savings, right? The NOI increases for class C and class D properties based on the amount of savings that they provide, not necessarily the ability to increase the premium, which is what you would see at the class B and class A properties. So when you guys started the company, um, obviously, like, what was the, the main, I mean, it sounds like we might know, but what was the main problem you guys were like, were solving here for just, you know, your typical customer? A great question. So, so this company was actually born a little uniquely. Um, I will say all of our companies, the market as a whole was born out of single family uh, living, right? So smart tech was put into single family homes. And then what happened was probably around four to six big national providers came in and they said, let's just take all these buzzword um, uh, IoT, right? These, these Internet of Things, Nest, uh, Ring Doorbells, whatever they may be, and put them under one big umbrella and just do some algorithms, some coding, some software that'll innately provide uh, some type of environment for them to live in. So then they don't have to come to market with a product mix and they already have all the bells and whistles that they need. We found that there was an issue with that innately. The problem that we see is if you think about it like dominoes, and this is how Arise was born, when you have you know, a third-party product and then a third-party support system and then a third-party warranty and so on and so forth, fill in the void, you're not only stacking the dominoes long, but you're also stacking them high. So the challenges you experience boil back to just the amount of time that it takes to fix the product but it's immense. It's exponential. And when you take one house, single family home tech, and then you multiply it across, again, whether it's 30 units or 3,000 or 500,000, the challenges just become magnitude of scale. And that's where we came in. So now we, we develop everything from bottom to top. Um, you know, Vertical integration is a good buzzword for it. Products, software, support, everything from A to Z, we provide ourselves. remote access, smart apartment security, smart leak detection, residential mobile app. What do you think is, so when you sign up a customer, is everybody typically getting them all or is it kind of an a la carte or how do you guys kind of have, you know, have the mix of products and how does it work with somebody signing up? Three basic packages, but it is all a part because we find that while the unique the problems are pretty generic across the board, there are a lot of unique scenarios and different. You know, the I think traditional game from back in the two hundreds, right? When we started selling things back in the day, you had to have an issue to solve. You had to have a problem to bring someone to the table. So maybe you know there's a leak issue or uh, water damage here, or there's there was recently a fire there, or there's you know, um, locks being changed out there, all those different things bring people to the table and then we build from there. And now you get like, when you launch the product, you obviously did market research saying, if we launch this, we can probably save time, which is equates to money, which, you know, equals more cash flow, right? So that's really what you're saving at the end of the day. When you guys started initially and said, this is our goal, and now you've you know been in business for four or five plus years. 
how is it kind of matching up when you originally started? Do you feel like you're kind of hitting the numbers and customers are getting what they want or is there even, are you surpassing expectation because maybe, you know, you offering more products since the beginning of the, you know, you guys started? Yeah. Um, I think we're actually surpassing expectations. I do think there has been traditional challenges along the way, just like every industry and every company, but, uh, yeah, we are chugging along and things are going phenomenal. We definitely couldn't ask for a better, uh, opportunity than we have now. And what product do you think that your customers are definitely seeing probably the most, I mean, I see here, you know, people can access the doors and things like that, which is great. But where do you think somebody that's looking to say, somebody's coming to you and it's like, okay, this is where they're really seeing the cost savings. Maybe there's some time, but is it the plumbing or what is the big, you know, the big kahuna or whatever that's the problem for most of these apartments? So, so the smart lock um, provides the most benefit uh, in the front of the house and the back of the house. So the savings for uh, what the lockouts would be and the rekeys and all these things that the property management staff experiences. And then the capacity for the residents um, on the smart locks are so much more vast than what they understand. Being in this convenience world that we live in where you get your food delivered, you have your dog walked, you have your house cleaned, you have your stuff, you know, your whatever it is, insert here. Uh, you can actually give out up to 250 codes per lock, the resident can on their own. And then it goes even further. They can time the codes. So if they have someone show up between three and five every Monday and Wednesday, that's a time code that only works at that specific location at that time. Or you can have it um, automatically uh, erase after one use or after a certain amount of uh, two hours of, of time. So um, smart locks are definitely the biggest, I I'd say, leak detectors. If you've experienced water damage, it's hard to tell someone about a problem if they've never had it before. <laughs> and then uh, thermostats are, are there. It's interesting because it goes two ways. There's some properties that pay for the utilities and then charge the residents. Whereas there's other properties that the residents pay for their own utilities. So that's another one that kind of sits in the middle there. Yeah. I mean, I was going to ask you because, you know, COVID hit and a lot of people are sitting at home. I think one of the other issues that I was always constantly hearing about is that we know is people are getting more than ever. We got Amazon world we live in. So everybody's getting stuff delivered and it's on the doorstep and it's getting, you know, there's the theft. And I heard Amazon's doing something where they actually will go into your property, drop it, shut the door. So are you guys finding where residents that live in a big apartment building, they're like, hey, I've had stuff stolen or I wanted to go in. They're giving the code to let people in so they don't have to deal with that type of stuff. Is that something you're seeing like kind of grow? Yeah, so um, again, there's some properties that manage packages fully at the front and they don't let them go past there. And then with the package management uh, industry taking off, I think within the last four to five years, similar time frame, there's been a lot of challenges with that as well, right? Massive capex. And, and, you know, so then as you were just stating, that's the other side of it. They will allow those package delivery vendors to come in and, and have that access code to. Just use it once, drop the package, and go, you know? I would imagine the number of packages they are now receiving at those communities where they get them all at the front. Like, you have to have, like, a massive storage room in a large community because everybody's getting 
stuff delivered now. I mean, like you said, you're getting your groceries delivered. You're getting Target delivered. You're getting like everything you need is now delivered. Like you're shopping now online rather than going to the mall. I mean, it just seems like it's getting out of hand with, with the packages. I wanted to ask you, because I think we have looked into smart locks um, previously. We have vacation rentals They're on there. too, and we have some smart locks. Uh, but I think one of the bigger challenges we had to find was smart locks that didn't require, well, on that property, I think it's okay, but some of them require internet. And that has been a challenge as well for some of those like mom and pop buildings is now they have to pay for that extra internet cost every month to have things like smart locks. Is, is that required for your um, different technologies? Great question. So that is another issue that we saw on the market. Thank you for opening that up. Um, no, we actually provide uh, cell tower connectivity to our devices, which is uh, relieves headache hand over fist when it comes to these challenges, because now Wi-Fi is more of a backup than a primary. Oh, wow. Okay. That's, That's interesting. Yeah. So I, um, a question for you is, let's say I'm, I have an apartment, even mom, Paul, we have, you know, and I own a bunch of apartments and I've got, you know, five different buildings, you know, 30, 40, 50 is each. Um, are you able to manage this from one platform and kind of how does this all like, you know, if somebody's listening, how does that work for managing it and what can they really do on the iPad, on the phone? And I wanted you to kind of talk about like how robust that system is and what the expectations somebody can have. Absolutely. So whether you have one unit or you have 10,000 units and uh, several different properties, you, you manage them all from one web-based portal um, but I would look at that portal as uh, two tiers, right? So it depends on the way you structure your company. Um, so the first tier would be your property management site on staff or on site, property management staff on site. They would have access to that first tier where they'd only be able to see the one property that they're dealing with. They get full notifications with consideration to a privacy wall. Um, about everything that's going on in the community, whether it's low batteries, if there's um, you know potential fire, any of these situations that could arise are notified to them immediately. Simple web web based platform. They can also get it through email as well. Now, if you're a regional or an owner and you have numerous properties with you know hundreds or thousands of units, then you can manage all of those properties from that same. Um, platform, but you would have different access features, if that makes sense. So you'd actually be able to choose between the different communities that you want to target. And while the property management staff on site would have a collected view of what they're seeing, that regional or the owner would have a collected view of everything. That's cool. Yeah, that's, that's, um, I can, because I mean, I think it's like, I feel like we're turning into more of a renter's nation. I think, you know, it's like, You've got the black zones and stuff buying all these homes. So, I mean, I think from a home, if you're somebody that owns 30, 40, 50 homes, this is great because they're more spread out. You don't have one building. And we always say that you've got, you know, 50 roofs, you know, more toilets, more front door, back door and this. And, you know, to go drive across town to get stuff. I mean, you know, you can't drive 50 houses probably in one day. So if something happens, you got a maintenance guy over. So are you guys working with anybody that has like massive home portfolios and stuff like that? We are diving into that. We haven't um, 
gained any clients in that area yet, but I will say that the interest peaked in uh, 2019 and then with 2020's pandemic driving people out of the concentrated geography, you know, that's where they're pushing everybody into single family homes and in the more suburban areas, which is why we're, I think we're seeing this big robust boom of um, single family home rentals in communities, which to me is unheard of. If they had that, you know, 10 years ago, I would have never rented an apartment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know for sure. And then um, I was going to ask you about the, uh, yeah, I just drew a blank of the question I was going to ask you. It was about. Um, <sighs> so I can, I can piggyback a single family home while you think about it. The, the really cool thing that happens with uh, the accumulation of doors in a single family home neighborhood or rental, however we devise the terminology for this new subset of the um, industry, is that a lot of those traditional providers that came into the market first and just put an umbrella over a lot of um, B to C devices are now struggling because they see that the access points for those devices are very challenging. So do you guys have at your house, by chance, a, a door, a ring doorbell or a yeah. Yeah. Okay. So do you yeah, see we have the Nest, the Ring, yeah. Yeah, you see how the interface of those products, when you log in, it's one. There's no opportunity to scale that. It doesn't ask you if you want, you know, maybe your wife and or your spouse. Or with each other, which is super annoying. So I have to have so many different apps. Yeah. I have the Nest. I have Google Home. I have the Ring app. Like it's and I think that like the APIs aren't talked to. It's yeah. like, I think I know you're gone. Yeah, it's like. You're right. That's exactly right. So whether, whether you see it under uh, multiple doors under one roof or if it's just multiple doors, as long as they're all managed by the same company, it makes sense to go with the rise versus, you know, a competitor that's uh, piecemealing their offering. Yeah, no, that, that is really helpful because I think uh, that can be problematic, especially if you're a property manager or if you're even if you're an owner operator where you've got your property management software and then you have this software and you have that software and you have all these other like things like. I, I remember when we had the management company, I had like this huge long list of all my logins and passwords and things. And you'd have to give them to like new people when they started. It was just annoying. Um, I have a question too, in regards to how like the kind of billing and transfers and things like that happen. So I imagine that because you're on a, on a platform that there is like a monthly service uh, charge to that. And then also, uh, to second that, what happens when you sell a property and how does that go with like educating buyers on how this operates and the cost and the efficiency and all that good stuff? Good question. Yeah, really good question, actually. So um, we are probably the most flexible in the market when it comes to pricing because we own our entire supply chain from developing the products to providing the support to them and, and on-site uh, installation and staff as well. Um, so you, you have the buyer, the client prospect has an option to obviously do traditional payments where they just pay for everything up front. We like that the most, of course. Yeah. Uh, and then you have, uh, I think two to three other options where we can actually charge your resident. So it's just a complete bypass of the property and they don't have any commitment to anything. It's just going straight to the resident. Then the other two would be leasing it. So you'd finance the, the equipment and the software and the hardware. And then just your traditional one, four, 12 payment plan, depending on how that's best suited for the property. When you buy and sell uh, a property to a new, um, uh, so when you're transitioning from uh, 
your ownership to new ownership with our product matrix, we provide incentives to the new ownership to expand their product mix with us. So we provide uh, exponential price uh, decreases in order for them to see the value of what we provide as well. Yeah, so you kind of give them, uh, like, let's say maybe a discount to start, and then they see the value of the products and the software, and then retain, and then hopefully you retain those people. Is that basically the way it works? That's right. And sometimes it's sort of a pain to change locks, for example, or things like that, too. But cost effectively for you, it's like we're already there, they're on. Yeah. Like, keep it going. to take it off and see if we can keep them as customers. So let's, let's basically, it's almost like a, 90% off free trial, whatever the number is, you know, just to basically like kind of break even, let's see how it goes. What's um, well, just to, to finish that one off, one of the biggest challenges uh, owners see if they try to take smart tech out of the property is now they have a challenge with decreasing rent versus increasing rent. So think about the, the cost to switch. So not only go from, you know, nothing to something, but go from one smart provider to another smart provider. That exchange is extremely challenging. Um, and then more so, what are the residents going to think? You know, you have all these leases and all these terms. So it's it's not something that we see as challenging as it would it would appear to be so. A uh, couple of questions. Number one is um, new builds. Are you guys... With new builds, are you guys getting to them early? Are you guys marketing? I'm just curious about if it's a build, are you guys trying to hit them up before and say, hey, let us install. So when you launch, it's we're here, it's live, they got the whole technology. Are you guys finding a lot of people using you guys with you know building these new apartments? There's a lot of that going on right now. New builds are the golden goose of our industry. Okay, that's that's what I'm okay. That is exactly what we're going for. Occupied installs are, um, you know, are fun and challenging and, and, and joyful for everyone. Uh, but when we find these developments that are, you know, bare and we just go in and the, the time that it takes to get it installed, I mean, everything is just very smooth. The, the only, I would say, difference is that you're logging um, the sale 12, 24, three, four years before it even happens. So that's the transitional challenge with new developments. Yeah, for you guys. And then my question was, if we can just kind of go through like costs of how you guys break it down. Um, I know one of the big things was it's the door lock, you know, and can you go into typically, I've got a 30 unit building or I've got one. Are you going to give the person with 30 unit building more of a discount than if I have just a house I want to try it on? And then if you can go into, is there a discount for the one time up front and is it, you know, cheaper or, you know, leasing all that? I just want to kind of go through the cost. And so everybody kind of knows that. Yeah, absolutely. So I think an average cost that you can see for a full suite is between four and $600. Okay. If you're just doing smart locks, then you're only looking at a couple hundred bucks. Um, and absolutely. We love to give higher discounts to more business in the future. Um, so if we can, we really like to work in a partnership arena opposed to just a one to two sale arena. And if we can lock in partnerships, then they can keep their price low for the long term, opposed to constantly shopping and looking around in the market. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've noticed that, you know, even for us, uh, you know, for example, even just switching management software is such a 
Oh, it's, it's so exhausting. So I think, you know, it's best to do, do all the research up front. And then, like you said, this is like a marriage. <laughs> you make that decision and you move forward and maybe things aren't going to be perfect, but you work through the issues and you keep growing together. And that, like, that's kind of what you want to do because bouncing around from one service provider to the next, I think they all have, they're probably pros and cons as well, but also just from a, you know, we're doing this to be more efficient, not to create more work and headache. And then also residents don't like change. Like they get used to something and it's like, unless it's just horrific, uh, they, they enjoy to just set it, forget it. So it's like, now they can rely on that. I, I agree that you want to have a partner versus having a lot of change and people who are looking around at different products all the time. Yeah. Do you guys have, um, who is your, who is your competitor right now? Is it the ones that are more individual? And I know you did say, which is cool. So you guys actually make all your products like in-house and everything you produce. Is that, was that correct? Yeah, so um, I would say the national competitors are out there and easy to Google, but the most interesting environments that we find are these local shops that pop up out of nowhere. And we'll find a nice, you know, 10 property, three to 400 units on each property in Texas or, you know, wherever it may be. And all of a sudden this, uh, you know, uh, John Jones technology comes out of the woodworks and offers all this crazy stuff. And we've never heard of them. And we're trying to do deep dive understandings of it. And we're more interested in, we, you know, we don't ever want to slander everybody. We, we think it's all great business in general, but we want to provide warnings to uh, companies that may potentially choose the wrong business and not do enough legwork in the front themselves. And then they find themselves in a situation where all of a sudden they're uninstalling products or they're, they're in environments where they don't like the outcome and the residents don't like the people and, and all these different situations that are happening. And so that's where we see the biggest challenges on uh, more of a local uh, scale where it's easy to go out and meet somebody that's an individual owner and say, hey, you know, you're going to deal with one of these big guys. You're going to get things that you don't, they're going to slander us and get in there and then not be able to provide the bandwidth and capacity that they need to for 30 units, 100 units, 1,000 units, whatever it may be. Also, too, uh, longevity. I think that's like one of the biggest things. So then if you invest in all of this um, software and these door locks and all these things, and then the company goes bust, and then you have this technology that you purchased and I don't know how long you were able to use it for. Maybe you got your money out of it. Maybe you didn't. But that's also, I would say, one of the bigger risks with uh, this type of company is that you want to go with a company that's solid, that you know is going to be around for the long term because uh, it's a big investment also into your property. And we're all trying to put that best foot forward. Uh, you know, the Coca-Cola company, the, the those staples that America has known for decades. But the truth behind it is we all started, you know, less than 10 years ago. I think one of the biggest people in the industry, which was in 2014, you know, they're valued now at like 1.5, 1.7 billion. And that's only with six to seven years in the industry. So, uh, it, it's a really interesting game that's happening now, how fast it's growing versus um, how long we've been doing it for. Well, you're definitely in a very good business. I'd say there's a lot of room to grow. Yeah. Yeah. Educating the consumer. So I think, um, you know, if I was, if I was just like anything, like, you know, uh, if you're managing apartments or you own, I think you're going to look at it and go, okay, you're going to look at the competitors. 
see what the difference is. But I think more importantly is from your point of view, you know your competitors, you know what's out there. If um, somebody is building or they're coming to you, what if they're going to look at you and other places, what should they be looking for, right? What should, what should be important to them? What is the difference from maybe you and a competitor? And one thing I do like about you guys, um, the third question is if, you know, if I've got the lock and there's a problem with, you know, it breaks or something, you guys have your own product. How fast can you get switched out? And how does that work? If there is a defective device, what is the turnaround time to get it fixed? And how does that kind of work? I know there's three different questions there, but I kind of wanted to, they kind of all go in one, I feel like. Yeah, so um, always when we install properties, we provide us, I think it's either five or 10% of the products up front. So they just have them in the back office in case there ever are issues. So they do always have something on hand. Um, I will say the biggest challenge that we deal with are not like defective products or anything like that. But um, just changing batteries, you know, so they get a low battery light at about 30% of what, you know, the, the battery should be, the lifespan. And then that gives them X time to change it out. And they'll say, okay, well, let me prioritize changing a battery with, you know, X, Y, Z. And so that notification sits there for times and then the, the battery dies. Um, and then they do it, right? So that, yeah. that's I think, the only challenge that we find with products or the highest challenge, I would say. Uh, and then let me think the difference between uh, us or what we would tell them to look for is, are you looking for a product mix that's going to be of the highest value to you first and then grow? Or are you looking to just come into your residence, right? With something that's just going to blow their socks off. Do you want, you know, and we've never seen this before, but 10 products, at, in each unit, you know, usually you'll see four to six products in each unit. And that's what I would ask our um, prospects to look into. You know, you come into this thinking, I want voice recognition. I want Alexa greeting these guys when they come in their doors. To be honest with you, that's not where the most value is. And from what we've seen from surveys in the market, the residents are looking for thermostats. They're looking for, you know, door locks. They're looking for things that are of the highest value that come to their mind first, right? Um, not everybody's comfortable with talking to Alexa in their house. So when you purchase something like that for a portfolio or for one apartment building, you may not find that you're getting full integration, with your, with your properties. Um, so I would definitely say do your research and your homework with your residents first. Find out what they want, and I promise it's less than what you think, which is of huge, it's huge value too, because now all of a sudden you can charge $20 to $50 more per month for three products instead of 10. And, and your payback period, everything changes drastically shortened, your NOIs increased, your property values to the roof, and you didn't have as much headache to go with in the beginning. So we all come into this new industry thinking, oh, I want all this stuff because if I'm going to get into technology, I'm going to blow the socks off and go straight in. You don't need that. You really need, like I said, three, four, maybe six devices max. What's um what's on the horizon? Like, what do you guys? If it's you know, maybe I may be able to talk about it. But where do you see your industry going in five to ten years? Like, just kind of look out. Like, where do you guys see this kind of going? Where it's probably I know it's going to get crazy, but where how do you see anything you could tell us? Like on the horizon. Great, great leading. Have you seen uh, Fifth Element with uh, Bruce Willis? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Okay, so that's where we see it going. We that we right now have the capability to connect to 100 devices. And that's why we love that partnership model because we're gonna put some framework in your units that have the ability to grow. And eventually we'll be speaking, we, our hub will be talking to your refrigerator, your dishwasher, your microwave, your um, TVs. I mean, everything that you can think of and then aggregating grocery lists for you you know, we have uh, two kids at home, so we go through milk like there's no tomorrow, and we buy half-gallon jugs. So we get three. <laughs> and they'll tell us. They'll say, hey, you're down to one half-gallon, and they'll, you know, they'll set that up for us. So we, we think it's going to be a beautiful future with immense convenience. Yeah, I imagine, too. I mean, as a builder, you know, you got to go lease up a property, which takes time. So you have competition there. So people, let's be honest, you walk in, people love the gadgets. They love the technology. We all do. I mean, it's just making life you know, Honestly, easier. If it's, it's like, set up and done, it's like... Even just something as like a thermostat, like I would never live without one now because it's just so convenient. It's so easy. It's And it seems so basic. But And, and then the ring, for example, like the doorbell so that you know everybody who's coming to your door. Like you said, if you need to let your cleaning lady in, now you don't have to drive. You just give her a code. It's like all those little conveniences add up to the point where like you said, you just can't go back on that. Like you can go forward, you can get better and improve on things, but you're not going to have all that access and all that ease of use to then go back to like a dial, like thermostat or something or a doorbell that you just push, you know, it's just like, it's crazy too, how much of the world is, is really moving that way. So to have communities doing that, for example, like ring we talked about is, um, you know, like this neighborhood watch thing is crazy. I mean, honestly, I don't even look anymore because it's just so intense of like every break in, every weird person walking around their house. Like it's, it's up there on the video, but now so many communities are connected in this way, even just through their ring device. So it's like, why would an apartment community not have the exact same thing? That's right. That's right. And I'll draw an interesting contrast between what you both said. So you're both correct. And I would just ask one question, how long or how many hours or how much time did you spend on each smart device when you set it up? Your ring doorbell, your thermostat, how much time did you invest figuring it out, getting it operational and then playing with it and and seeing where it went? I don't even think we ever set it up properly. (laughs) That was actually my next question was about the setup because Tenants moving in and out and how that all works. No, but honestly, the ring, for example, it was like, oh, crap, we don't have a wired doorbell. What do you do when you don't have a wired Uh, doorbell? Well, this one works without a wired one, and this one doesn't. And then, you know, you're trying to, like, figure out all this stuff. And even with the Nest, it didn't work right. And then, you know, we don't have a screwdriver small enough for those stupid tiny little screws or something. Basically, to answer your question, it's it's everybody does. And then you're just so frustrated. I mean, you're happy once it's working, but it's like... Too much work. Yeah, exhausted once you get it installed because now you're at a point where you're like, now I actually need to figure out what's going on. Yeah, may see And I compare to when we first got our uh, first uh, touchscreen phone, whether it was an iPhone or an Android, and then every update or every upgrade we do from there, we would literally jump into our phones and spend hours clicking each thing, finding out what that new thing was. And now we get an iPhone 12 that's by far the most expensive phone we've ever had. And we're like, eh, 
that's cool. You know, we don't we don't put any more time into it. We don't have any higher expectations of it. And and that all is to say that when you first get started in the IoT apartment, smart apartment living, go small in the beginning. Do two devices, do four devices, something that's less because your residents will be overwhelmed. They'll come in and they'll see an app and they'll have the easiest directions to set it all up, but they'll never do it or they'll only do it for one device so they won't get the full value of it. And it doesn't matter how many webinars we do, how many in-person visits we provide, how many door hangers we put on. It's, it's up to the resident and the amount of time they're willing to invest. So that simplicity in the front, the least amount of time in the beginning, and then build out long-term. Let them know, hey, we have an excited new uh, product that we're bringing out to you, video doorbells in 2022. How exciting. And then they, you know, then you increase the, all those great things start to happen from there. So you're saying kind of like scale it up as you go sometimes and just go because of the other way, just how all these vices that people just aren't you using. Are overwhelmed. They're overwhelmed. They get overwhelmed. They get frustrated. Yeah. I, I can't explain to you how much time uh, a resident or anybody can spend in any app right now that controls four devices. You could spend hours spending, you know, the away modes, the here modes, the different notifications, the times and all these different things. And that's not to say that it's complex. You can also just open the phone and have three traditional modes that you want to use, but it can scare people away. I get that. Well, that's cool. I mean, honestly, this is, uh, I, I think, I think as, tech, as technology goes, um, and I think obviously with the population, a lot of millennials, you know, they're still living with their parents, but they come out, I think they really want this stuff because millennials, I think they do take the time to set up stuff and they do it a lot faster than older people because they're used to getting, they have the time, so I think they do it faster. So I can see obviously where this is going. So uh, really appreciate the time. Um, you guys got a lot of cool stuff going on here. Where's the best place people can find you, learn more about you, and how do you potentially, if somebody wants to set up a consultation and, and you know learn more about this, how does that work with you guys? So definitely Arise Hub, A-R-I-Z-E-H-U-B.com is the best place to find us. And you'll find all of our links there to Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn. And then if you want to find me specifically, it's uh, Gabe Sherman uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, I have a ton of info that I release there every day, all day. Um, and that's, you know, that's how you can learn and, and contact us. And you guys are nationwide, you can, you can, you're in all states, so you're able to, people can do it anywhere. We are nationwide in all states. Of course, we see uh, a higher usage and uh, need for it in certain areas, I'm sure as you guys know. Um, but we do offer nationwide services. Um, in Canada, coming soon. Wow. Where are, your, um, where are your probably more popular spots in the U.S. right now? Yeah, so Florida, Texas, Arizona, California, New York, these are the highest usage, uh, highest in demand areas. More than urban areas? Yep. Okay, cool. Well, awesome. Well, thanks for the time. Um, cool stuff. I think people can definitely, uh, I mean, we're, we're about technology, but I do like the fact that it's all under one hub, and I think that's really the difference for a lot of people. They got all these different devices, and like you said, I don't even think they're all connected properly. <laughs> yeah, I was included. I would, I would honestly say that's the biggest benefit and the biggest thing that people can do when they come in. They can really do two things. One, learn your residence, which I know was the name of the game in the beginning, right? Learn your residence. 
Uh, and then two, um, you don't really need 28 products. And that's where the biggest difference comes in. Everybody thinks they need them now, you know. Very cool. cool. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah. This was uh, very informative and interesting. And who knows, we might be putting some, some smart technology in our building pretty soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.